Hey guys, this is Tara Ackaway, the chic publicist. And I'm Dr. Cheryl Robinson, the sassy writer. And this is what you get when two powerful and might I add influential women get together to chat on a Tuesday morning. Real talk. So how many times a day have you said to yourself or to a client, um, no, that's not how it works. Tara and I found ourselves texting each other all the ridiculousness with the hashtag, um, no, all the time. Because we just don't understand how so many people don't understand the unspoken rules of media. So we wanted to come together, create this podcast, hopefully inspire others not to get the um, no, but to get the hell yeah! Episode 11, here we go. Cheryl, what do you have to say? It is finally happening. Can you believe this after our long hiatus? I mean, yeah, I can believe it because we're awesome. And today we're going to talk about something that everybody needs to hear. Communication. 100%. And you know what's really interesting? Media is communication, but very few people know how to be clear in their messaging. No one knows how to communicate. And what's crazy is that so many people actually think that they are communicating perfectly. They don't see anything wrong with what they're saying, how they're acting, how they present themselves, and nobody's telling them either. Right. I call people out on it. (laughs) So I was just invited to this session and I wrote to the person and I said, okay, how do I join your session? Because I didn't, is it Zoom? I, I don't know. And they wrote me back and they go, no, just hop on. And then I had to dig deeper and realize it was for Clubhouse. But they never mentioned in the email that they're hosting the session on Clubhouse. So I was like, I had to figure that out. Why wasn't that just conveyed when I said, how do I hop on this session? Was that an email? Was that a DM? How did that happen? Email, email. And I know the person very well. But I asked and they still didn't tell me. And I thought, okay, this is a... A good example of bad communication. So I'm going to, I'm going to ask the question that everyone's dying to know. Right. And that is, how did it go? Oh, I, I wasn't on, I missed today's. So we'll see if I can join in the future, but well, there you go. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what happens everybody when you yeah. don't communicate efficiently <laughs> and effectively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I go through this all the time when it comes to media training for clients, when it comes to communicating with my team, communicating with clients, you have to be clear. And you also have to own it when you make a mistake, right? Because we're all human, things are going to happen. Sometimes we're balancing a lot. As entrepreneurs, we balance a lot. You know that, I know that. I mean, I'm sure everybody listening knows that. And sometimes you're not communicating clearly and you have to take a step back and pause, reevaluate the situation and say, how can I say this in a more effective way? Mm-hmm. When I am presenting information next time, how can I make it more clear to the person on the other end of the phone or to my team or, you know, to whoever, right? Because we all have those moments. Half the time my team probably thinks I'm insane because I'm rushing from thing to thing. And it's like, you know, we're doing that behind the scenes lingo, right? That no one else would understand. But um, 
we have our own method. <laughs> we definitely have our own method. And also as an entrepreneur, because you're juggling so many different hats, your brain is going quicker than the words can come out of your mouth. I notice even when I write emails, sometimes mm-hmm. I always double check them because there are definitely words I miss just because it's going and I can't keep up with how fast the mind is working. As a college professor, it is always some students will never get it. Some students will always get it. And you have to focus in on that middle group. And the thing is, if the majority of your students don't understand what you're talking about, you as the professor have to change how you're delivering that information. And I always carry that through to business too. Even when asking or when interviewing people for my column, sometimes what I think is a real simple question. They're like, what? Yeah. What do you mean? And then I have to go back and say, "Hmm, how can I rephrase this in a way that they're going to understand it in a way and then deliver an answer or response for what I need. So communication is so key to so many aspects of business. It's true. It's the same thing where if you're writing something to someone, whether it's, you know, via email or a text message or whatever it is, and you ever feel like maybe someone's, they come across as aggressive or they come across as angry or upset or, you know, and, and words will do that sometimes. And that's why I always love to communicate face to face. Obviously we're in a pandemic that's not as realistic. So I turn to zoom or things like Google Hangouts because it's important to me to make that eye contact with the Mm -hmm. person that I'm corresponding with, because I find that a lot of things get lost in translation, especially when you're dealing with people that are very busy. These are high level professionals. They're working on a lot of different projects. They're only half paying attention. Sometimes it's not intentional. They're being pulled in a lot of directions, just like we are. And so that face to face, even if it's for five minutes, will do wonders as opposed to just emailing back and forth and not really being able to get your point across. Let's go back to media training in general, how many publicists or PR firms do you think actually send their clients through media training? Not many. I have a lot of friends in PR that actually refer their clients to me to do consulting, to prepare them for doing those big things on TV whenever they have segments or whatever coming up. Um, And I think it takes a, you know, all right, let me back up a second because it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of patience. Mm -hmm. And unless you're familiar with doing that and you've had those experiences, it's going to be really hard for you to try to train your own client. The other thing is sometimes clients don't want to listen to you. (laughs) That is, that is just the truth. And it's kind of like, you know, when your mom tells you to do something when you were younger and you're like, yeah, 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 I'll get to it. Or she doesn't know what she's talking about. And then you hear the exact same piece of advice from somebody else. And it's like magic, right? It's like, wow, that makes so much sense. Sometimes that happens with media training. You could repeat something 10 times to a client. Do not say this. Do not wear that. Do not mention this. And in one ear, out the other. You connect them with somebody else and it flows much more smoothly because yeah. it's, it's having somebody else take a second look at something and give their input. And it really works. 
Yeah. I wish more clients or people, I should say, were open to media training. I have now interviewed close to 350 people. Yeah. And the majority of it is gut wrenching when you hear them talk and because you understand like where they're trying to go, but it takes them 20 minutes to get there. Yeah. And for that interview, that 20 minutes, I may use 15 to 30 seconds. And they don't know that. And they don't know that. Yeah. I I don't need to know that your mother was a single mother and she only had four toes and she dyed her hair blue. I don't need to know that true story. And it just, they don't need to know that. And so many times, so I'm going through this now, it's not even about them being able to effectively have an interview But it's also, is their website up to date? And there have been large, or I've interviewed people from large corporations where even at the large corporation level, their website isn't up to date. And they'll come back and say, whoa, where did you get this? This is false or this is outdated. And I go back and I say, right from your website. (laughs) What, you know, so the messaging, it carries across all aspects of business. Yeah. And if you can't get your messaging right or your why right or why you even started your brand, then that doesn't parlay into good media coverage at all because no one knows. You could be pitching me one thing and then I go to your website and it's something completely different and it, it throws everything off. I, I've had people who right from their website, I pull their portfolios say they've, they've worked with such and such company and, oh no, oh, that's outdated. Well, then why isn't your website updated? Why isn't the pitch updated? That happened to me too. I, right from the pitch, I pulled these clients right from the pitch from the publicist and they came back to me and they, and the publicist said, oh, they don't know that never happened. And I said, it was in your pitch. What do you mean it never happened? So it, it I'm speechless right now, right? Because it is, yeah. you have to have that clear messaging across the board. Man, I wouldn't want to be that publicist. And I certainly <laughs> wouldn't want to be that client. It happens so often where the people representing you uh, just don't care and don't no. take the time to really re-examine what it is that they're putting out there. Um, and I think we have to be mindful of people's time, right? I mean, in general, in life, always, but especially when it comes to communicating, when you are corresponding with a writer or a producer, an executive, whoever, we all have limited time. And and whether you have a, a, a big fancy title or not, you should be respectful of people's time. And so because time is limited, we need to get to the point much quicker. And that's where we need to leave out all those little details. And that's where media training comes into play because those little details mean so much to you and they're special to you, but they're not special to anyone else and they're not necessary. Mm -hmm. And there's not enough room to include them in the story. I find interesting too, we're talking about messaging and being clear and I would say 98% publicists I know always want the questions up front. I never give questions up front because you can tailor the questions to how you want to sound and everything is surface. 
And as a journalist, you don't, you could get that surface anywhere. So you need that underlying story in order to make the article good, because we were talking about this on one of our other podcasts. Why, as you as a writer, no matter if you're working at a different publication, why do you just want to share the same story? That's boring. No one's going to read it. You want to tell the story that no one else has told before. And I don't, so I don't share the questions and some of the, some of the people I interview get really mad or not mad, but they express <laughs> kindly how they feel about not getting the questions. But if you need those questions in advance to really get your messaging down, there's something wrong there. You should understand your business, what you're going to do. And just recently I had this issue with The person said X, Y, and Z. The publicist was on the phone. I have the recording. They said X, Y, and Z. I put X, Y, and Z in the article. And then the publicist goes, well, that's not what they meant. That's not my problem. Who are these publicists? Give me their numbers. (laughs) I don't know. This is not how it works. But when I ask you what's your company about, you tell me X, Y, and Z. And then the publicist comes back to say, well, they didn't really mean that. Well, then what is their organization all about? Because they said X, Y, and Z. It, It throws it off. So really, God, the messaging, it has to carry through the entire business. This is a struggle that a lot of publicists have with their clients. And I think that it it boils down to publicists trying to control everything. They become micromanagers. And they're doing it because they have what they believe is the best interest in mind for the company and for the client. But they're trying to make everything so perfect. And that's the problem because every story isn't perfect. No story is perfect. And so it's okay if a client says something and it's not exactly how you rehearsed it. Nothing should be rehearsed. I mean, the point of media training is to make a client feel comfortable, is to understand the regulations and the rules and what the expectation is and understand timing and all those things in between. It's not to have you rehearse your answers. Nobody wants a rehearsed answer. And Those so are the worst. That's that's the problem. And so for a publicist, I would never turn around unless I was doing some sort of like major media control, like damage control. Not even in general. It would have to be like a crazy situation. Like somebody said something and it was taken out of context. But I've never even had to do that. I have never been in a situation where a client did an interview and then I had to call up the journalist and say, oh, that's not what they meant. This is actually what they meant. And it's a completely different story. That just wouldn't, that's not how it works. You know how many that's, times that has happened to me? I'm sure. All the time. I'm sure. I'm sure it does. But but you would never have that problem with my clients. And um, I feel like proof of concept. We've that's done this a couple times. So <laughs> <laughs> I think it's safe to say I... Um, I put them in good hands with you and they're pretty safe with me, but you know, all joking aside, it's a major problem. And, and the expectation also isn't clear. I think a lot of people go into working with a a large publication, like the one you represent. And the expectation is that, oh, they're just going to share whatever we tell them to share. And we don't really have to tell a story. People forget you're still a storyteller just because you get that yes and uh, an article is going to go through doesn't mean that whatever they say is going to go into print. That's not how it works. Right. Right. I, there's we work within word counts and lately with the stats, the word count is actually going down because people aren't reading 
the longer pieces like they used to. I think right now the stat is people read 135 words and the majority stop after 135 words. So you have to cram everything you want to say about this person, this company, product, whatever, into those 135 words. And then the rest is just for your enjoyment. (laughs) It just adds to the article. And when I heard that, 135 words comes out to 35 seconds. That's how short of a span or attention span we have. 35 seconds. Yeah. And after that, move on to the next thing. It's, it's not even about you being picky or a writer being picky. It's you have a job to do. Mm-hmm. You have guidelines you need to follow and you need to pick the best of the best to create this amazing story. And a lot of times from the conversations we have off of this podcast, your job is not made easy. No. <laughs> and as an article I'm working on currently, it is a full-time job. Yeah. Again, I'm just speechless. It blows my mind, the expectations that others have, right? And that's what we talk about on last week's episode was expectations. And people just don't seem to realize that. I was on Clubhouse last night in a media room. And one of the publicists said to a lady who asked a question, I'm thinking of launching this product, how do I get press? And she just came out and I wish I was one of the speakers too and say, yes, I agree with this publicist. And she said, honey, no one, no one local or national writes about ideas. You need to have actually launched it. And this girl got so mad, but it's the truth. Like she got ha- mad. She got mad and she goes, well, I've heard otherwise from other publicists. And the person yeah, goes, because they're going to take your money and run. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, that's not how it works. <laughs> like, Listen, no. they're, they, they just want their dollars. Yeah. That's yep. it. They'll so, tell you anything. There's people out there that will literally tell you anything, anything to sign yeah. you. And they're not looking at the long term. They're looking yeah. at the short term. Yeah. And that's why the messaging, right? Expectations have to be managed by the publicist of, hey, this is what's going to happen and be crystal clear. I love bullet points because the bullet points, you can lay it out clearly how everything is to go and how to, you know, how to manage those expectations. Tara, from the work that you do, when a company starts to brand or rebrand or launch a new campaign, what steps can they take to make sure that their messaging is clear? Well, first of all, if we're coming full circle, communication is key. And I'm not saying it to say it. It's true. It's the first thing that I would tell anyone. It's the first thing I tell everyone. Communication, how you're communicating on social media. That messaging needs to reflect your website, needs to reflect your brand kit, your media kit, needs to reflect the messaging that's going into ad spend on other social media outlets, needs to reflect how you're presenting yourself. If somebody asks you what your company is or why you do what you do, that answer needs to reflect everything else. It needs to come full circle. It's like a puzzle. All of the pieces need to come together. So communication is key. You also really need to understand why it is you do what you do, right? If it's passion, 
I really need to know why it's passion. Mm -hmm. Anybody that's interviewing you really needs to know why you're passionate about something. Everyone just uses that word. Oh, yes, I do this because I'm passionate or I'm so passionate about this. But what does that mean? You can't just say these statements. You have to really back it up. Give it an emotional appeal. Let people really feel connected to your story so that they can really feel a connection to who you are and what you've got going on. Those are the two first things that everybody needs to do when it comes to a relaunch. Yeah. And I would just add in there too, along with the website and social media messaging, make sure your pitch reflects those messages. Well, yes, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true. Writing, you get one first impression yep. and you do not want to mess it up like the things we talk about all the time, get the writer's name correctly and don't just get it correctly, spell it correctly. And please proofread and please understand who you're pitching and why you're pitching them. And just because something launched doesn't mean that it's exciting. Nobody cares quite honestly. Yeah. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. It's true. All right, Tara. It has been real on this episode of um, no, that's not how it works. So everybody listening, just remember to communicate effectively and efficiently. And please, for the love of God, spell the writer's name correctly. Amen to that. Have a great week, everyone. Thanks for hanging out with us. Until next time, keep it chic and sassy.